ABCM podcast coming to you live from uh, Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. Uh, I am John Popko. I work for Time Shamrock Communications uh, in radio for Rock 107, Alt 92.1, and ESPN Radio. And uh, I have a show on Saturday nights at 9 o'clock called Alt Natives, where I play the area's best local music. So if you're a band in, uh, from the area, send us your stuff, uh, Alt Natives at alt921.com. My name is Brittany Boot, and I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. And uh, we are here tonight with uh, the one, the only, John Phillips. Uh, he will always be known to me as Guido. Of course, you got to. That's how I met him. That's how I. That's how I will always know you. Thank you for that. As I remember asking, "Is Guido or John Phillips the same person?" Yeah. <laughs> a John Guido Phillips. John Guido Phillips. <laughs> Way back. So when did that? When did that change? Well, I don't think it's ever really changed. I think it's just been kind of subsided a little bit. But yeah. now that now that we've put it out there, and I'm sure it can blossom and rise again back. at some point. Yes. Bring it back. <laughs> but uh, if you have any questions for us tonight, feel free to uh, leave them in the uh, comments below. But uh, as always, we have some beer to drink. So I hope you uh, are ready to travel back in time to the year 2006. I remember that year circa well. Circa my birthday. I don't think you remember that year well. I don't. There's, there's, there is. All right. Okay. You know what, Brittany? We're talking. You're not that much older than me. Oh, oh, the adults are talking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? It's funny about that night. What I do remember from that night is you telling me, "Oh, I have a, a large bottle of Jaeger for you uh, that you never brought." You said you gave it to me, and you never did. That's that's fine. That's really? okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Sure but I have beer. <laughs> Wait, what? So. Let's talk about this. <laughs> that was with authority. So, congratulations. You have earned a trip in a taxi cab. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I almost wish that you did not bring this. Uh, so, you'd, you would say 2006, right? So, let's see if all your years can keep up to you tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> We'll start with Well, thank you for honoring the, the birthday. <laughs> You're gift. welcome. But, uh, is my, have, I'm here for you, John. I haven't I had, here I haven't had Jaeger in <laughs> probably five or six years. I'm sure Amanda is watching right now going, no, 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 no. no, no, no we no. should have a shot. We, we, in, in your honor, I will do one with you. Okay. Well, first we have uh, some beer to drink from uh, our sponsors at Beer Boys. Uh, they have 72 beers on tap. They are located on North Washington Street in Wilkes-Barre. It's about a block from here. But... Uh, they're kind enough to supply us with uh, beer every week, and uh, this week they have beer from Free Will. It's a mango wheat. Uh, I should be more prepared. Uh, Miss Pillion River Pineapple Express. That sounds awesome. And uh, Fakely's Brew Works Framboise. What do you want to do first? I don't know. What would you like to do first? We have to drink. So the Framboise seems like it's going to be a little intense. It's only 6.5. I don't know. I'd say the frambois. All right. We'll be fancy pants. Mm -hmm. Frambois. What if we mix the Jaeger and the frambois? I didn't even try that. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? I can definitely do that. Gerard, are you, are you uh, yeah? <laughs> All right. That's enough. All right. So would you do the honors? I will. I will uh, take care of our other sponsors. We're, we're, we're professional and legit here. John. Really? Yeah, we don't mess around. Ooh, you good. you have always been professional and legit, though. Yeah. Well, this frambois is uh, a traditional style Belgian really lambic, and uh, 
It's uh, after fermenting, the beer was transferred into French oak barrels with fresh raspberries and Maybe aged for two years. It's a 5.5. I apologize. Whatever. But uh, we also want to uh, give a shout out to uh, our other sponsor, The Keys in downtown Scranton. Uh, this Thursday is the Scranton Fringe Festival music showcase with E57 and Katie Kelly and the Charming Beards. Friday is Almost Famous, an Electric City Boogie, a dance party where you can dress up as your favorite celebrity or character for a mini show. Who would you dress up as? Jason Statham. Oh. Or Joe Rogan. <laughs> I don't feel like you don't need to dress up that much. Well, I'd have to like lose a lot of weight, cut, get ripped, shave my head and my beard. That would suck. No, no one will approve of that at all. No, not especially my wife. But uh, at the Keys Saturday is a metal show with Terrorize This, Rise My Flag, or Rise My King, I'm sorry, and Earth Mouth. Earth Mouth rocks. I think I had them come up on my show uh, next, this week. Yeah, so. they're awesome. Uh, the FM Kirby Center is also a sponsor, uh, and uh, they have a Matthew West on September 30th, Fozzie on October 4th. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Linda Eater on October 6th. And Halloween movie screenings on October 13th. Oh, and the uh, recently announced Evil Dead, the musical, on October 30th. Which sounds crazy. They have a splatter zone. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be wild. Yeah. So. And finally, last but not least, is the Loyalty Barbershop and Shave Parlor, which uh, just opened up a new shop in downtown Wilkes-Barre, right down the street on uh, South Main Street. Uh, brand new location, but don't forget there are spots in... Uh, Archibald and Scranton as well. So, uh, good luck to you guys, and uh, I think it's time to drink. All right. Cheers, Cheers buddy. It smells boozy, Cheers. but it does smell boozy. It's, it's a lot of flavor. That's something. good. It's almost like a close to a sour beers last mm -hmm. week, but obviously not a sour, but whatever, it's good. You've always been a beer connoisseur. I wouldn't say that. I've oh. just been a lush. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been a professional. There's a big difference. <laughs> My parents always said to be good at something. I chose to drink beer. Well. Be the best. So uh, Aaron Brook <clears throat> used to say it the best, if all else fails, lower your standards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... <laughs> That's the truth. So uh, we're here with John Guido Phillips. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the owner and designer of MCR Production Design Group, or MCR Design Group Productions. Production. He's the director of production for Heavy Grass, which I have no idea what that is, so you're going to have to explain it to me I sure at will. some point. And you're also a, free, a freelance, I can't talk tonight, a freelance, this is why Rich should be here, <laughs> uh, a freelance tour manager. Previously did some work with uh, Breaking Benjamin, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll get into that tonight as well. Sure. So um, I think that's all the business stuff out of the way. So let's uh, let's have a discussion here, John. I'm, I'm all I'm all words. So you and I go way back. We do. What, probably 2005 or so. And I knew you uh, in the uh, just the music business, mm -hmm. uh, playing around with you uh, you. Party band, many years. Stuff. So, uh, and also a band called Hour After. Mm -hmm. 
uh, solo stuff as well. Um, just, let's just give us a little background on yourself, you know, from starting then till now, or sure. Uh, so I was pretty much a musician from the age of nineteen till I want to say about thirty-four. Uh, I spent most of my time with playing or performing with UUU till 2014, 15 around there is when I had officially left. Uh, I'm still very involved with the band. I actually still book the band for gigs uh, for mostly like corporates and weddings and things of that nature and we're all like really good friends still. Uh, our after was together for I want to say probably eight or nine years. Um, had a lot of different member changes. We did a lot of uh, fun gigs, like up in, you know, pretty much from New York to Pennsylvania. Uh, I remember the one in New York where we almost killed a guy. That was kind of fun. You remember that? Is that the hour after? Yeah. I, was I on that trip? Yes, you were. That was that one bus when the guy, like, almost died and they had to take him to the hospital. I don't know. I feel like maybe I was drunk. I don't know. No, you, know, you definitely were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that moment specifically, but I'm uh, not surprised. I was uh, a booker and an agent for a lot of bands and like DJs and things of nature, and still am uh, to this day. I love the music industry, uh, whether it's local, regional, national, no matter what it is. I mean, there's you just have to find your niche for the things that you like and, and the people that you love to work with, uh, and then a cause that you also like to believe in or behind. You know, and I think that's a I think that's a really important part to a scene too, especially a local one, because it normally begins with one individual and then it branches out to all the other people that they have a general influence on, be it uh, other agents, bookers, nightclubs, press, radio. Uh, you know, that's kind of more or less how a scene develops in my opinion. It's how, uh, it's how a community comes alive. It's, it's how the Seattle scene exploded. It's how uh, Nashville, became what it is. It's how New York City became what it is. You know, Pennsylvania um, has its niche pockets too for like the stuff that it does. It's a really, and uh, culture is sometimes a little hard to come by, especially with music these days, because I think a lot of the times, uh, I kind of feel like an old man saying this, but I feel that like the new generation that's out doesn't get, uh, doesn't, it doesn't have as much forthright as some of the previous ones had. It's a, it's a whole new ballgame now. We're in, a, we're in a whole new time where the entertainment aspect used to be the bars and nightclubs and people go out and see a band. Now it's looking at one on your phone yeah. and, and seeing who's streaming and who's doing this. And, you know, a lot of the times people blame a scene if a scene collapses to uh, they attribute it to, oh, it's the bar owners or it's the or it's the radio, or it's the press, or it's this, or it's that, and, or it's technology, and you know, I have a different outlook when it comes to that stuff. And I feel that like if a scene isn't doing well, I actually think that it reverts all the way back to education. And, and education is really where everything begins at the end of the day, because it's the, you know, sometimes you've seen a lot of the things as far as governments ripping the arts out of schools, and they, uh, they don't put as much stock into the fact of uh, really, showing how a creativity can bleed into something new and exciting. Uh, when it comes to like music, you know, I've, I've fought for it for years for uh, whatever purpose it was that I believe in, just whether it was community or because I believe in an artist or because uh, I wanted to work for one. 
the one thing I'll say about the educational aspect is, you know, and, and this goes for mentoring even with musicians, which they should be doing more than anything, is that rather than the young people that are coming out of the ranks and that want to learn about it, and rather than you know, trying to think of that as your com competition, you have to look at them more as your mentors. And you have to guide people along a path, like as far as like whether or not you have to teach them to learn an instrument, how they can be the best vocalist, how they can be the best guitar player, how they can be the best DJ, honestly. Uh, you know, the, the one thing I always admired is ambition, and even people that had too much ambition and not enough skill or education, because it just meant that they had a thirst to learn for what they wanted to do, how they wanted to skill their craft. And that's always the guys that you watch out for at the end of the day, too, because they're the ones that have become king. I think it's fair to say that you are a staple in NEPA with the ambition, so to speak, but the bands you've been a part of and you know, you've done you know, the benefits and you've done and going back to uh, education you were kind of like the original founder of the steam town music showcase which you started in mm -hmm. 2009 i, I want to say it was uh, it was before that i think it was 2000 2005 2006 oh okay and um uh, it's when tinks was still around right and i and john heil was the owner who i love you know still to this day i, I actually thought John Heil was probably one of the coolest uh, bar owners that I worked with, and he was actually kind of a mentor business-wise, because the one thing I always respected about him is whenever he said that he was going to do something, he always did it, whether or not he took his hits or his losses or his gains at the end of the day. And I think that was kind of the more important thing in, in the scene. Um, you know, he was tough to work with, but he was forthright. Uh, but I remember it started because, you know, the scene of any PA had originally exploded when Breaking Benjamin had come onto the map. Um, you know, there was more behind it though. I mean, you had obviously like Nick Coyle had Lifer, uh, which was Strangers with Candy back then. And there was a whole, you know, MTV kind of gave them a platform to work with. You know, obviously Aaron Fink and Mark Lepaski were in that band and Chris Lightcap. Mm -hmm. And Chris Lightcap is actually now the monitor engineer for Shinedown. No kidding. Yeah, so he's still involved with the scene just in a completely different aspect now. Uh, but that whole platform kind of put a little bit of a, a notice on this area. Uh, and so, you, you know, beforehand, you even had Fuel and Live that were coming out of PA, and you started to watch this, this surge of talent coming out of here. And, and it was an interesting time in those early 2000s because even uh, there's other musicians from this area that have gone on and done cool things on a national circuit, like even, you know, Marco Marcinko when he was out drumming for Maynard Ferguson. Uh, you know, Eli Halidzik, who is, you know, used to be an R after, but he's been out in L.A. and he's he's drummed with Dishwalla and other cool acts and things is of that nature. Yeah. Dishwalla still around? That, they are. They are still around, to my knowledge. That's awesome. Uh, but, you know, once that little circle came on here, you kind of watched the national attention focused to Scranton and Wilkesbury, which is just known for a couple of things in the national eyes. You know, you see the things of Scranton, Wilkesbury is a great place to live. And then you see the advertisements that Scranton is a negative place to live. And then you see the advertisements or the news stories that it's, you know, bankrupt city or, you know, uh, wonderful place to raise a family. And like, I don't buy into any of that media crap at the end of the day. I think, I think your hometown is what you make of it at the end of the day. And if you're gonna be a negative Nance about it, then leave. If you're gonna, if you wanna make a difference, then make a difference and take your lickings while you're going to do it too. You know, I, I think great success is normally, you know, people look at success sometimes by money that you make or how you uh, 
you know, how much, you know, many jobs you create. I think success is determined by uh, the fact of just how determined you are to keep going and creating even in the face of adversity and, and basically saying he can't do it, he can't do it. And then, you know, you wind up doing something 10 times greater. That's real success. But this area was uh, just an awesome cultural manifestation. You know, look at the, the great things that AJ Jump even does, you know. And one thing I love about AJ, too, is that um, he's, he's one of those guys that will never stop. He always believes in something great, you know. And way back when, even when we were younger, AJ and I used to butt heads a little bit. And then we had this uh, coming to Jesus moment. And we realized that, you know, in the end, we really just wanted, like, same things for our community, sure. just like really different ways. And we've been really good friends ever since then. And I, I admire him for his talent, too. Uh, but when you look at like even 2006, like after Ben and all, all of them were on the road, there was a surge in bands that just really wanted to put something cool together, you know, and you had bands like the Black Orchid and Owen's Grudge Jesus. and Hour After and Nowhere Slow. Um, I'm trying, and there was Panacea, Panacea Spitcan, yeah. who was also syphilis at that time. Uh, but there was this awesome rock vibe that was going on and it wasn't just rock it was pop too uh there, there were so many cool different facets of music so i i started an event where i just took it out for one day i did it during la festa on the sunday at tanks and the first day we did it we had 900 people show up to the venue it was mobbed to the gills and uh brian banks was also involved with it and i'd like to say that we did it together and uh, we kind of more or less just took a, a look at it and said, you know, this is something that's really cool. Like we should try to expand upon this a little bit more. So the next year we wound up growing it into three venues and we did uh, Whistles, which is no longer there, which is now Ale Mary's. RIP. Um, you know, Tinks again, which is now Levels and um, Molly Brannigan's, which is now a parking garage or an empty room. Empty room, yeah. And uh, we did it the next year and then we had 1700 people in that day but we kept it to one day it was always just one day that we focused on we we always wanted to kind of just more or less get it into that realm of keeping it as that kind of event and we did it again the next year and that's when we started doing clinics and we started bringing in a lot of the people that you see for the electric uh the electric city uh conference that goes on with joe calvison and kenny which we'll get to that in a minute too oh boy no no good stuff oh, so man. it's like uh this whole scene started to develop again and then like year four happened and it was complete disaster and it's when uh it's when the market pretty much crashed and the whole sit and tinks shut down in scranton we tried doing this as a two-day event you know and it was almost like you can't have a house without a basement at the end of the day so we tried to build the house a little bit too big and you know it was okay but like we scaled it back and then we started doing more venues and we got the bog involved and uh, the Backyard Ale House came later, and then, you know, the Keys was later. Uh, the Vintage Theater, which is no longer around, was involved, which, you know, the one year, you know, some of the, we actually booked bands that have turned into major nationals, like the Menzingers uh, was involved at the showcase. Uh, Motionless and White was a band that played the showcase. Uh, and I'm really happy at the fact that I actually got those bands at one point just to see them as, you know, as babies. Uh, and now they're just monsters and they are like major influence in the entire not just u.s but in the world but you know it went on for about seven years 
And I decided after seven years, I'm like, I wanted to stop because I just, I couldn't put my heart into it anymore. Um, not because I was sick and tired of it. It was just, I think it was time for me to just do something else. Um, you know, Caviston and Kenny later came along and they started to do the music awards and they, they did the electric city conference and, you know, Joe had called me at one point and asked about doing it. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, just run with it. And it was, um, like the model was still there and everything, but Caviston and Kenny put their own twist and spin on it. And it's great because they've developed something back into the scene that was needed for what it is. Um, and they still have really cool, uh, they've brought a community together, like uh, especially with the award show that they do, uh, which was a really tough thing to do. Uh, anybody that knows anything <clears throat> in this life is that musicians' egos can be fragile sometimes. Uh, I'm a musician, my ego, my ego is fragile. You know, I freely admit it. But uh, the one thing is, is that, you know, it, it was almost, it was very hard at one point to get a camaraderie as far and that's when uh, when you can't have a camaraderie between musicians it's when things sometimes seem to falter but now there's been like this real great uh aspect of acceptance and also uh it's just a really cool awards aspect to look forward to you know and there's a lot of great musicians that are still playing that like i really admire from around this area too i mean look at zach kelsch is a great drummer i absolutely love zach john kanjar is such a wonderful guitar player uh you know, I, I got to give credit to one guy who's come up out of the ranks, and I think he's done a lot of good stuff as Will Pernov. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think he's done a really good job for his band, and, um, you know, I watch all that stuff. And, you know, just because I'm not involved with it doesn't mean that I don't keep a close eye on it, you know. And I was very blessed and fortunate over the last three years to work with Ben, uh, with his band. And obviously Aaron Brook is one of my best friends to this day. Um, and all those band members I consider, you know, pretty much really good friends too, uh, along with the crew that works with them. And uh, it's it's nice to see that, you know, such a major success comes out of this area. I don't think you could ask for anything more at the end of the day. No, but in uh, typical NEPA fashion, there's still people from here that there's hate breaking bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you're going to have that with anything, though, at the end of the day. I, the one thing is... Uh, if you're going to go into it, whether it's a business model or a practice or a band or a brand or whatever it is at the end of the day, you're not going to please everybody. No. I mean, it's it's like, not that I mean to bring it up, but it's like Trump and Obama. You know, you're either going to you're either going to hate them or you're going to love them. And it's just either either one. Art is just so subjective for everybody. It's not like you're going to create some music. You're not going to expect everyone to be absolutely in love with it. And you just take the, like, I guess, roll the punches, you know? Success is success in that regard, where you're just going to work hard, do your best at what you're doing. And as you go up that ladder and influence more people and have a bigger audience, not everyone's going to be totally obsessed with every little thing that you do. You know, that just comes with the territory, I think. I agree. I And, you know, m listen, music is a buffet. It's just what are you going to sample and what are you going to like at the end of the day? And that's the great thing about it is that, you know, the buffet is huge. Um, you know, NEPA has this stigma to it sometimes, with, like obviously with Breaking Ben, because, you know, there's been member changes too. And all of the former members are the most unbelievable musicians and they're monsters at what they do. Aaron Fink is fantastic. So is Klopaski, Saliga, Jeremy Hummel. I mean, Kevin Safara was technically, you know, playing with them for a little bit as well. And, um, you know, now you have a group 
it, 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 that's the same thing. But you know, a band is it, it's it's their team. You know, it's their team that they work with and they put together. And listen, both aspects of Breaking Benjamin have had a massive amount of success. Massive. You know, be it from the one entity that it was, you know, from leading up all the way to Dear Agony to the one that it is now in Dark Before Dawn. And they're going to release a new album and it's going to be huge. I guarantee it because the fan base is there. The loyalty to the band is there at the end of the day. And quite honestly, the hooks and songwriting have always been there. It's, from it's, from it's day great. one to now. And I think they probably even got bigger, you know, even with the band change and the lineup change, like in 2016 when they finally went, you know, out of the U.S. and, and Canada, when they went to... Europe and everywhere. Fair, yeah. 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 Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, well, the one thing about it is, again, th this is the one thing that I attribute to Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. Members <clears throat> aside, and, and this is it's it's nothing else. There's a story. And that's the one thing that's missing from a band from, that, like now, that there's a rarity of anymore. There's a great story behind it. There, there's a whole uh, excitement. You know, it's, it's almost like the legend story. Uh, you know, Led Zeppelin was legendary back in the day in the 70s. You know, in like 80s, it was Guns N' Roses. 90s, it was Nirvana. I'm not saying the modern is Breaking Benjamin, but I'm saying that they're a big band and they have a huge story behind them. Uh, bands had a mystery a long time ago. And that was part of the excitement of entertainment. Not only a mystery, but a danger. You know, Guns N' Roses was a massive band because they were dangerous, not just because they were great at what they do. We all knew Axl Rose ran around on the stage with his underwear and nothing else at the end of the day, much like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And you never knew like what was gonna happen. Like Jim Morrison was massive back with the doors in the 70s because you never knew if he would just whip it out and piss on somebody. <laughs> like, it's true though. And, and that was the element of danger that these bands were known for. Breaking Benjamin at one point was a dangerous band. And it was, it was because you never knew what was going to happen next. But that danger has transformed and it's come around mm -hmm. into a, a new plateau. You know, and it's a band that is in it to win it. Um, and I applaud that. You know, I, I think you've seen, like, even from, like, the last album they had, it was, it was a huge success. And nobody really knew, like, how that was going to react with new members or how it was going to react with him finally going to Europe or, you know, the whole transformation. Like, you know, we're hoping this doesn't happen like it happened in the past. You know, Ben did a big, huge transformation. What went on with him and his band's, bandmates, really, at the end of the day should be their own business and it should just stay there just like it, in any relationship exactly like between like the old breakups if you're going to keep bringing up the breakup it's it's going to just keep being a manifestation mm -hmm. of itself at the end of the day what really matters is is what kind of music are you putting out right and is it, is it good and am i going to like it not everybody's going to like it but i get it but there's going to be a lot of people that do and i i think it's like i said like that's with any band you know and you know there's been tons of bands out there that have like member changes you know the red hot chili peppers had like different guitar players from navarro to Fushani, and um you know shinedown's gone through like different member changes i mean you know disturbs had bass player changes um it's just a matter of uh how do you roll how, how does the music keep going at the end of the day and, and i think that's the aspect of appreciation you have to look at and you know, whether it's a band in a local, regional, or national scene. I feel like I've talked about it. I feel like people have this 
this idea that everything has to be so dramatic or of course it was some kind of like blow up or some eats people kind of like manifest these ideas in their head and they believe them you know and a lot of times in reality it's just not how things are or how things were or there is you don't know what goes on inside a business meeting or any kind of meeting really or any kind of relationship or any kind of conversation but people people have a tendency to really come up with their own ideas of of what they almost want to have had happened or something you know and that kind of gets carried away I think with when people want to discuss they almost want to know something or as if they like have some kind of insight to it you know so I think that that's comes with a lot of that there's I mean people just like to talk sometimes yeah, just because people, they like to hear themselves speak they just like to kind of litter their opinion and and want to like I said have some kind of insight or it makes them feel like they know something or oh well I heard you know what I mean like people just are generally and naturally like that I guess well you know what they say about opinions at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> but and again like there's a difference between opinions and facts you know right. sometimes like and again you know sometimes the dirty laundry isn't meant to stay as it's the dirty laundry you, right. you know you wouldn't want to jump in a laundry basket with you know laundry covered in shit at the end of the day right you'd want to say huh well, let's take it out of the dryer it's clean now like focus on that you know and uh I really think that anybody that hasn't been out to experience that band locally should, you know, go do themselves a favor. Because, again, it's it's a whole new thing. And, you know, I hope people still, like, follow up on even, you know, Klapowski's, you know, aspects for what he's doing in music or Aaron Fink's or Chad's or any of them. Like, you know, they're all great musicians at the end of the day. And there's nothing that anybody can do to take that away from right. them. Nothing. And they're all doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they all do it in their own way and the mm -hmm. way that they feel is best for them which yeah. is a great thing. Uh, you know, and I, that the one thing that I was blessed with was, you know, the experiences on the road of all the new people that I got to meet and TMs and crews and bands and everything. And um, I had a couple of offers, you know, uh, not being with them anymore. I was asked at one point to go out with Motionless and White. Um, I didn't feel like it was a good fit for me at the time. Uh, and I love Chris and all those guys. And I actually put them in contact with my former assistant, Brendan, who's actually a TM for Young Guns. Uh, he's done work with a couple other bands as well. Uh, but he's been like a great TM fit for them. He's, he just got back from Australia. He's working with them. Um, I was actually offered uh, a position with a country singer. Uh, that didn't necessarily work out. It wasn't... Um, it was Dwight Yoakam, actually. Guitars uh, and Cadillacs. A, yeah, I'm not a country I'm guy. Really I don't, I don't no, care. Okay. I like some country. Um, but I was, I've been offered another country. band also, I'm which I'll probably... I'm from the Southern Pot of Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I love saying that. <laughs> but I was offered another band, um, which I'll be working with. I just can't release it yet at this point right now. When will you be able to tell us? Probably a week or two. And be able to kind of like release that out. Cool. And the, contact Rich and let him know. What was that? Oh, yeah, contact Rich and let him know. I will. Oh, and by the way, Rich is dead. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'll contact him in his grave <laughs> later. Oh yeah. No, Rich um, is Rich is uh is the Scranton covering the the Fringe uh, festival that's happening like for now through Sunday. Now through Sunday. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. It's a great event. Is that Connor's event that he does? Yes. His is after school special. Uh, the one I think that he has going on today. Yeah, so Connor. Is that today? The, the preview party is live right now. The preview party okay. is live right now. You can catch it on. Any PAC. Yeah, but don't leave us. Like, but stay, stay here. Stay, stay here. around. 
Because uh, we have hear. more beer to drink. Yeah, let's uh, do you that. Guys Here we go. I'm so sorry. I I, 72 beers on tap, but I don't. I just don't like the sour ones. I don't really drink beer all that often, so So, I'm taking my time enjoying it and savoring. Well, I'll. I'll I'm gonna have. This is a mango wheat, free will mango wheat. I'll be the champion. You're always a champion. (laughs) What my mom tells me. Yes, you are. Well, well, Brittany is doing a fantastic job pouring uh, one of the 72 beers on tap at Beer Boys. It's heavy, heavy grass. Mm-hmm. What? What? I've never heard of this before. No. I had no idea you were involved with this. Uh, it's very much on the DL. Not anymore, though. So what's Yeah, the I mean, there's a million people watching, so you're out of. The uh, one million, there. exactly. We just checked. So I've been. Um, I met these uh, agents and festival owners the, the last couple of years that were involved with a company out in California. And they hired me to kind of like more or less spearhead some production stuff for them. Um, so Heavy Grass is a cannabis company. Hmm. So it's a company out of California. Yeah, let's. Uh, my interest is very uh, high <laughs> right now, and no pun intended. So it's a cannabis brand, actually. Okay. So it's not. It's not something that you would actually look at. Like you know, there's there's laws when it comes to cannabis, and I learned a lot of stuff about it, which is crazy. Um, but as a brand, you can't actually like touch your product. Like if you can't sell things and like um, on your own when you have a brand. So it's think of it like Marlboro. You know, Marlboro manufactures it. They have somebody who they get their tobacco from somebody. They put their brand on it at the end of the day, and then they sell it to a store and they basically market their brand. There's no Marlboro stores. Correct. So it's kind of like the same thing with the dispensary. A dispensary is licensed to sell cannabis. Right. So you have to have. Um, you technically have to have a dispensary sell your brand mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So what I was in charge of was just went out to a couple festivals and got the brand awareness out there to basically make people aware of it. So they had like what's called an activation at the end of the day. It's sure. an activation. It's just like a tent, you know, or something you'd see at a festival, like much like Monster or Camel or any of that. So they launched their activation, and of course, like the. It's like, what is this? As soon as you put a cannabis leaf yeah, on something, everybody's yeah. just like, what's going on here? It's a cool name, too. So they um, basically the platform uh, was used through rock festivals to kind of gain data to see, like, who's interested, what is their focus. You know, California is mostly their focus because California becomes a recreational state in January. So on the 1st of January, you can go anywhere in California and you can smoke marijuana. Just like you're smoking a cigarette. Yep. There'll be some regulation, I guess, right? Well, the regulation would be, obviously, you have to buy it out of a dispensary. Mm-hmm. You don't need a medical card. So it is, it's just like Colorado. But if you want to walk outside the bar and light up a joint, you would have no problem doing that, is essentially the idea. Edibles, vapes, all that kind of stuff is for sale. Now, the thing about it at the end of the day is, you know, they've there's laws with all that kind of stuff. You have to figure it like you can't market to children. You can't, technically, you can't have, um, you can't have a, a car with heavy grass with a big joint on the top yeah. of it driving down the street. <laughs> Although they've been doing that kind of stuff in California because it's kind of like the Wild West because the state hasn't imposed laws on them yet. So it's still coming to fruition. So anything that you do, you can kind of just more or less sort of get away with. Yeah. You know, but... Um, it's been interesting to watch it, you know, because a lot of people 
on the East Coast, it's still, like, very taboo. It's yeah. like, oh, the big bad cannabis and everything like that. And me, personally, it's like, I don't care what people do at the end of the day, as long as it doesn't hurt me or my family or anybody else. And I think alcohol is something that is ten times more dangerous than Absolutely. cannabis at the end of the day. Cannabis has never killed anybody. The only time that anybody's died from it is if you're choking on a freaking Oreo if you smoked it afterwards. Yeah. So... It's got medicinal, he laughed, <laughs> like it's got its medicinal purposes. And if anybody actually knows their history or has studied it, because I'm a big buff on history, the only reason why cannabis is illegal is because the federal government decided that they wanted to target blacks and minorities in the Louisiana circuit down, for the, down in the jazz circuit. And that was their way to go after them because that's when they came up with their reefers commercials and stuff them. like that in the forties. And, you know, again, Nobody wants to be doing cocaine. Nobody wants to be doing heroin. Nobody wants to be doing LSD. That's all bad. We all know it's bad. But the the craziness for this kind of thing, as far as the actual plant itself, is a little ludicrous, in my opinion. Um, you know, even Alabama voted on it, and it was a 60-40 split. It's still illegal, but it was 60-40 to legalize it, which is nuts. So everybody kind of knows that Everyone seems to be coming along. The whole country seems to be coming along, but not necessarily at the same pace. It, I've been to just about every single state in the U.S. Uh, Alaska and Hawaii are the only two I didn't get to. And it's all the same everywhere. It, it's, it's all the same. Everybody has the same mentality at the end of the day. Or maybe I was just around a lot of people in the rock shows or anything that like think that way. But, like, again, it, it's, it's the only time that marijuana is dangerous is when somebody laces it. I would rather see... If that product was going to be legal, I'd rather it be government regulated. Right. You know, and it's, it, safe. and it's seed to sale, and you're you're basically not getting the product from Jose, who's had it stuck up his ass for the last three weeks to get it right. across the border. Like, and that's just truth. Or the some guy who was trying to lace it with LSD, or you know, and that, and right out of the gate, that could be solving your crime problems. It could be bringing in tax revenue for your state. And they're making a killing on it in all these states. Colorado, Washington, Oregon. And I don't want to hear the fact that like everybody's having all these problems and this and that with you know, crime. Because they're not. It's a lie. It's an absolute lie. I've been there. I've seen it. It's a lie. Uh, the one thing that they're probably having an issue with is the economy. Not a bad way. But yeah. because there's so much money coming in, it's becoming more expensive to live in. Yeah. What do we, what do, we do with all this money? <laughs> well, that, well, that's, and again, not a bad problem to have. Not at all. But you have to understand that with more revenue stream, things become more expensive at the end of the day. So it's a, uh, it's a fact of you have to find out what the balance and shift is. So uh, I learned a lot about it. Uh, I learned a lot about it from people that smoke marijuana too, uh, which was kind of like, because they have a lot of knowledge about that kind of thing. Um, it's an interesting business. Uh, you know, there's a lot of big businessmen out there that will be that are definitely very intrigued by it too. And it's like I said, it's if you know what you're doing with it and you know what you can monopolize with it, you can probably make a very good living off of it. Yeah. You don't have to smoke it in order to make a living off of it. I want to make a living off of it and smoke it. <laughs> I don't because I get random drug tests at work, so I can't. But. So you're not smoking that stuff? No, I can't. I know. I find no problems with them. Like, I, I don't, don't either. I don't care if, if you do or don't, whatever. But I think tax money. I want the tax money. I'm sick of the state being broke. Well, the, the state's problem is that it's, you know, I, I'm very blessed and fortunate where I've been, I've been able to sit on the board of directors for the chamber 
Scranton, which is a which is a fantastic board to be with, with some of the best businessmen in the area. Um, you know, even the Heart Association and things of that nature. Um, but the the one thing about it is that, like, when it comes to the state and it comes to the tax aspect, Pennsylvania is actually one of the worst states in the country when it comes to businesses as far as it's taxing. Because the, the problem with it is, is that the industry is just faltered here in PA. It's a Rust Belt state for a reason. You know, it was the anthracite state. So now we don't have anthracite. So, uh, you know, and I think it's ridiculous that people would want to go back to it considering of just how much of a, a decimator it is to the environment. You know, there are plenty of other ways to harness energy, just sink your money into it, and 10 years later, you'll figure it out and develop big business. Like, other countries have figured it out. Austria's figured it out. Switzerland's figured it out. Sweden's figured it out. We don't need to be like China at the end of the day and still trying to, like, go back to the Mesozoic area to figure out how we're going to get our lamps to work at the end of the day with the burning oil and coal and shit. There's there's so many other ways. Uh, but the, the problem is, is that they're trying to get blood from a stone. You know, so rather than trying to put some relief on the tax aspect and hoping that the economy cycles itself back, uh, they try to overtax the population, you know, which is nuts. Like Scranton has a mercantile tax. You have to drive to Scranton and pay money to work there. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I do it. You know, I think that's insane. Mm -hmm. uh, the hotel tax goes to, you know, pay for different aspects in the county. Uh, you know, all of the heavy taxes that are on Scranton, like Scranton is very much a distress as far as its financial aspects sometimes. But it's also done by pensions and everything and bad business dealings from years ago, you know, and that you can't punish businesses in order to uh, get that money back. You have to make it more enticing for businesses to put money back mm -hmm. into the revenue stream for the city. Look at Dixon City as a prime example. Taxes are significantly low in there. Look at all the businesses and all the sellers and everything yeah. that are up there. It's the same thing with Wilkesbury that goes on down here. Like you have to make sure that like you don't deter your money makers away. You have to bring them in and welcome them. You know, give them some incentive. Like after three years, you're gonna do some things for them off the grid. And, you know, no specific taxes, but like, hey, after three years, if you become a success, we need a little bit more to better our city. And then, you know, the there's a great author by the name of Robert Kiyosaki. He wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he had a really cool saying inside of that book is that people that achieve great wealth have an obligation to return that wealth to society. And I think that's actually a huge standing point. Mm -hmm. I think that should always be done. Mm -hmm. I feel like the more people that set that kind of example in a community, the more prevalent it would be. So, but you don't see like the businesses up by the mall necessarily directing any kind of energy to back into the community. But you do see the local businesses doing that. So if the corporations had more of a standpoint when they come in and build their restaurants and, and their businesses in the area, but you don't see them other than, you know, offering their service and creating the jobs that they create, kind of giving back into the community in that sense. Right. As much as you see the local businesses. Well, there's a lot of corporate that, like, rests upon those areas up there, and they, it's just a different kind of business model. You know, local business is really where the economies always begin and end. You know, whether it's, you know, loyalty barbershop or, like, the Bach or a place like Sakari over in the 900 building. Or local business like the Woodlands already, like, you know, all that money and infrastructure that comes around, it all cycles and stays there. It's when you start sending it out to the major yeah. corporations that it starts to become a problem at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't, I, I'm a big fan of uh, bigger business. Um, 
but I'm not a big fan of hampering creativity with employees. I don't like that. Um, a lot of the times, you know, if I want something done with uh, the team that I have with the company, I'll say, listen, I want this done. You know, I can get a little intense sometimes, I admit it. But the one thing I always want them to do is kind of to figure it out on their own too. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of hand-holding people. I'm a bigger fan of making people stand on their own two feet. I think people need guidance, but I think that like really like when you make somebody stronger by making them more uh, self-sufficient, I think that's the best thing possible. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's always one thing that I admire about like people and their overall tenacity with things is that sink or swim mentality. You can either be a swimmer or you're going to be drowned yep. in life. And if you... In, I think this is a big thing with the younger generation, if anybody is watching, is that nobody owes anybody anything at the end of the day, from day one till the day that you're dead. I think everybody should be fighting for their own um, relative aspect in this world. They should they should be fighting for what they are going to accomplish. You know, I some people are very fortunate than others that they can have everything handed to them, but I also think that. that takes away all the appreciation at the end of the day for what you truly have worked for and held and created at the end I of the day. I feel like that's where like true happiness comes from, feeling like you earned something. You know, some of the happiest people I know are that happy because they work hard and they feel that their happiness is earned. And I feel like that's the only real way to be completely proud of what you do and have the love for what you do is because you work hard for it. Like, I really do believe that that's where, like, a lot of genuine happiness comes from. I agree. I, I think, um, you know, happiness, happiness comes in a lot of forms. You know, for me, um, it's, it's not like whether or not I got, I, I did something that somebody would revere as successful for the day or, um, you know, the, my happiness comes from if I get to take care of my family. That, that's really like I work my, my ass off every day to make sure that my son and my significant other that she will always be have a good roof over her head and that my son will be taken care of you know and between her and him it was you know it was game changer and, and life changer having a kid was a complete game changer in general it's when you find out what motivates you and why buckle up yeah you ready <laughs> buckle up so you are due on New Year's New Year's Eve. Mine is due on the 30th. Yeah, so one. you're having the second. Mm-hmm. you know if it's a boy or a girl? Nope. No? Are you, you going to find out? Oh, you guys nope. are having a boy, right? Yeah, we're having a boy. Yeah. And we're going to keep it a surprise. Did you know See, the, I feel the like one? your first one, mm -hmm. you kind of want to know, but the second one, you can be surprised. I We didn't find out for the first one with John. Um, it was like a total, it was a total surprise. Like, we, uh, Janelle really wanted to keep it that way, and... Um, you know, with the second one, we've kind of like went back and forth and, you know, like, do we want to, do we want to find out, you know, how do we want to decorate or like, do Prepare. we need to buy clothes or anything? And she said like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, okay, I respect that. Let's, you know, like, we'll just take it as it comes. And I think, you know, you don't get many surprises in life. You know, everything is always like, you can, it's like a magic trick. 
you know, everybody's always about like, oh, how they do the magic trick. And then you see the video on like how they did the magic trick and how it's unveiled and how this guy does this and like all the illusion. It's like same thing with the sonogram. It's like, oh, does it have a dick or not? Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, like, I, but like, to be honest, like, you know, that's the, that's the main thing is that like, you know, everybody these days just wants to they want to have everything all take the out. whole mystery yeah. out of it, you know? And I think it's, and I really love Janelle for this. Like you, you're just, it's keeping that little mystery little in life excitement. of that excitement. And it's really fun, you know? And, um, you know, and you can have one of two ways in the hospital when you're doing it. And you, you could be sitting there going, God, I hope it's a boy. I hope it's a boy. Or you'd be like, God, I hope it's a girl. I hope it's a girl. Or you could be sitting there like, God, I hope it's a boy. God, I hope it's a boy. Like, and it, it, or I hope it's a, like, it's, it, some people have different perceptions as far as like when it comes to having children. And at the end of the day, like, it's a very scary thing. You're terrified. It's, it, you don't have to be terrified. And the only thing that you should be terrified of at the end of the day is honestly making the only thing you will be terrified about when you have a kid is making sure like you will want nothing to ever happen with your kid after. Right. Like, like, like don't be don't be terrified about like the fact of you're gonna have a kid terrified be terrified about the fact of what you could possibly miss out on if you're not there at that opportune time that you want to be there for something yeah that's, that's what you should be terrified of and that's i'm terrified of all like am i going to be a good parent like what if i fuck this up like what like it's one of those things i feel like and i don't have children but i'm speaking from just maybe my nieces and like seeing uh, my brother become a parent but just one of those things that kind of maybe just come together as it comes together and you just kind of go with it and you're naturally just going to be great at it you know if you the, already want to be i think I'm my wife's awesome because she's great she well i mean i'm not you should count your blessings oh, every I do, day i do and i'm not like obviously gonna like i feel like we say that like once a every, podcast. Every, yeah, <laughs> it never gets old it's been nine years i've been getting this uh how did you do this you must be huge and i'm not like that kind of stuff well, here, here's the thing, is that having a kid, this this is the best analogy that I could give you for having a kid that, I, that I've that i kind of realized. So having a kid is like, it's like buying a really complica complicated, not put together bookshelf at Walmart. <laughs> and when you open the box, all they did was give you the instructions in Chinese. <laughs> and then you have to figure it out as you go along. Yeah, it's one of those things that's, that's going to come together. That's the, that's the best way that I could put it. And you know what? figure it out you'll figure it out you know and everybody has their own way of figuring it out at the end of the day you know my my biggest fear with my son is that i won't be able to teach him certain things that i feel like i should be at times uh not not because of the fact that i work too much or anything like i i, I want to be there for my son as much as possible but like i i don't ever want to miss out really in like the big things and i know that like when he gets older and he starts going to do things for school and everything like and i've always been a workaholic you know i'm going to drop everything because i don't want him to feel like i was not there for a big moment that he has you know and i think that should be the same thing for adults also uh, and i think that's a big reason why it causes conflicts with people sometimes is they feel that like you know their mentors or things weren't there for like their big moments um scenes too uh but trust me, I think you'll be I think you'll be a, a better father than you think you'll be at the end of the day. I hope. Just don't like give him beers. No, no, no. Give him a couple months, right? Yeah. yeah, a couple months. Well, 
before we wrap things up. What time is uh, it? It's a little after eight. I don't um, have my phone on me this round. You know, you might be asking yourself, why is this guy here talking about the music scene he was in, that he's kind of in now, and this cannabis company? Um, John is the owner of MCR Productions, however you want to say it, which is an event company, wedding mm -hmm. company, you name it. These guys can produce it. Tell us a little bit about that because this is where our viewers can kind of get a uh, an idea. A better perspective. Yeah, a little bit. You know, this is this is where you know we t we talked about what you did in the past and how you contributed to the, the uh, local scene. What are you doing now? So MCR is uh, it's been an event company for about eight years now. Uh, it specializes in weddings, corporates, galas, uh, bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs. I haven't really done funerals, so I'd like to avoid that one. Um, but we've been doing all sorts of events for all over a four or five state region now for about seven, eight years. Um, right now we service about 300 events a year, be it from rentals to heavier production to design. Uh, we actually have two venues now as well, the atrium at the Neat Center in Mayfield and the room at 900, which is in the 900 building in Kingston. Uh, both are incredible venues, industrial, modern aspects, you know, highly technological. Uh, you know, it's been an award-winning company. Uh, we've won, you know, best Hall of Fame from the not for uh, for the for the best of weddings that we did for five years. You know, best of wedding wire. Uh, we have incredible clients that we work with from all the way in the Poconos, you know, down to Philadelphia. And I have an amazing staff. I, I have an incredible staff from uh, my great DJs, you know, from Beats to you know Kenton. We work with photographers uh, that are inside of the company. They're not exclusive, uh, but they've done incredible work with the company. Uh, you know, we've had great success with lighting design. You know, lighting is kind of like the one thing that I've really loved to be involved with because it's a big atmosphere changer. We won best of lighting with so many different awards. Uh, we recently got into floral design and Brian Daubert, who's our new full-time floral designer, he's been doing everything for us for a couple of years, but he just came into the company full-time. Uh, but it, it kind of grew from just eight lights in the in a basement to a twenty five thousand square foot warehouse now in Kingston, just loaded with anything you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I was gonna say you started off the, the lighting was your, like your thing, and then it just kind of like blew up from there. Yeah. Like, when I say blow up, it's like I, I feel like the success that you've seen, well deserved, obviously, um, takes a little longer for some people to achieve. And yeah, I think you kind of got that you know, kind of quickly and and that's because of the team you have and like I mean the work I mean they just posted some uh, some pictures today we were talking about it earlier mm -hmm. um, I, I absolutely mean, you really stunning. truly transform the room like we should have him come do this this studio here. Do, do, I'll you, pimp I'll pimp this out one night I'll do it the next time you guys do this <laughs> like, and if anybody's like never gone on it it's at MCR design group on Facebook you can go to bookmcr.com uh, our new website also for our venues is the room at 900.com uh, and the atrium NEPA.com. Uh, you know, but like the thing about MCR, um, it was, and I said this earlier, it was like the little engine that could. You know, it was just a little engine that was just focusing on going uphill and it started with just a vision, but it wasn't about the company and the success of how great we were at the end of the day. It's about the people in the community that got behind the idea of what they thought was gonna be done with this business. 
So MCR was fortunate enough to have a lot of people that it had with a network. And I basically went out with just, it was, it was just a vision that we all had. And it was basically saying we wanted to make things easy on a client. We wanted to be daring. We wanted to be different. We didn't want to be in the boxes, everybody else. And if, and if there was a box that like basically was already made, we were going to break through it and make our own fucking box. And like, not to put it lightly that way or, you know, to curse, but like we, we just wanted to be so much more forthright. And if it wasn't able to be done, that's because nobody else could figure out how to do it. And we were going to do it one way or the other. We've had our successes. We've had our setbacks. You know, we've had our great accomplishments and we've had our mistakes, you know, and the one thing about a business, and I'll say this to everybody, is you don't learn anything from your accomplish accomplishments. You learn everything from your mistakes, everything. That's how you succeed in life and succeed in business is that you focus on your mistakes, you focus on the things that you did wrong and you figure out how you're going to do them better. Whether it's your infrastructure, whether it's your execution, whether it's your design, whether it's your vision, um, whether it's your communication, any of those things. Is there a reason you didn't use the word failure? Um, I don't believe in failure. I only, I think failure is a word that you use when you quit. It's a permanent thing. Failure is a permanent thing. I, I think failure and, and kind of ironic that I used to work at Breaking Benjamin and the word failure comes up. <laughs> uh, I, I think failure is just an aspect of, um, I, I don't think failure exists. I, I think failure is is a term for people that like I don't want to say gave up or anything, but like I, I think it's just an aspect that like basically you I, I think that if something doesn't succeed, I think it's one of those things for one door closes, another one opens. So an, a, a new success is born from something that maybe you didn't accomplish with. The and reason I, I asked was because I like the fact that you didn't use that word. It was mistakes. It was you know that, that, that's a it's a cool way to really look at it and that's i'm sure that translates uh into your your team and, and kind of helps them to you know do the work that they do because it's, it's incredible work john and his team uh did my wedding uh he's done some stuff for uh time shamrock for some events that we've done but uh yeah i mean i can't say anything negative about it was i mean the the one thing is that you always learn as you're going along you figure things out you know and um, the one thing I love to have is people on the team that, you know, I, I, I believe in every one of them. I, I think every one of them that works with MCR is, uh, they're dynamic at what they do. You know, they brings, the, the team brings something to the game that I am not able to. You know, at the end of the day, it's never about just one guy. Uh, you know, I think uh, JP Morgan was the one that said it the best, that if he said, oh, I find the smartest man in the room, I'm the dumbest man in the room. He always surrounded himself with individuals that led towards a greater cause. And I think that's the thing that people, that's the thing of true success is when you surround yourself with individuals that will lead you into a greater cause. And it's not just for you, it's for everybody else at the end of the day. And I, I would, with any of those uh, young adults that work for me, um, I, I wouldn't give up any of them. You know, there's some that I miss, some that I, I there's, there's one that might be coming back, you know, which I'm really excited about, uh, you know, but I, the one thing is every day we're very blessed and we're very fortunate that everybody gets to, hires us to do those things and that we get to constantly move forward with the company and we consider ourselves very fortunate at the end of the day, 
you know, and uh, your wedding was fun. It's pretty. I got photos of it and everything. Yeah, it was a good time. Everyone keeps to this day talks about. How... You had great photographers too. Yeah, absolutely. Who did your photos? Uh, not just any day. Steve Houston, who was also a member of our after as well. Yeah. Um, um no, it was it was it was a great day. Uh, it rained all day, but uh, you know. It, that's good luck. Yeah, well, yeah. Someone's getting shit on by a bird. Do you want to get shit on by a bird? I really do believe that the rainy day wedding is good luck. No, I, I mean, truly believe it, that. it is what it is. Like, you know, I, I was just hope that there's not a sky full of birds shitting <laughs> on your day. Wait, did was, that really happen? What? You got shit on? No, oh. no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, the, the idiot, <laughs> the asshole that says that is like. I know, like, but I just, really like. That's fine. No, no, it, it, some of the rainy day weddings I've like, photographed have been some of the best. I'm just like, I would just, you know. I'm glad my wife was able to like look past that and then be like, like if she was upset with it, that would have broke my heart. But she's right. she's not like that, so she was you know everything it was everything was perfect. It was a great day. Good. Um, yeah, but yeah. The quote that you said, uh, the one that I like that's similar to that is, "If you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room." I agree with that 100 yeah. percent as well. I always like that one. You said that the one you quoted was similar. Awesome. How are we doing? We're gonna, well, let's start wrapping things up a little bit. We'll get John home here. He's got a beautiful significant other, as he sure do. earlier stated. And, uh, are we going to drink this? A beautiful baby boy. He's almost a year? Or over a year He's now. over a year over now. now. Miss Pillion River Pineapple Express IPA. Oh, so we had, what we had before that? The I'll mango. Pour a little bit in there. The I'll mango have wheat. That we'll was good. This will be our little nightcap. Oh, the nightcap's the shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing that before this is over. I'll get more cups. But, uh... Oh, I can smell this one. It's like really fruity. Joe Caviston says, oh, Yeah, Guido, my guitars, Cadillacs, hillbilly music is the only thing that keeps me hanging on. <laughs> I kind of give you a little... Oh, God bless him. Jenna K. Irwin says, Freaking Oreo. Um, Aaron Brooks tuning in. Damn Jazz Cabbage. Damn jazz cabbage. That's what he said. Is there a meaning behind that? Or just... I'll have to ask him later. Uh, Mitch Evans asks, when's the hour after reunion? Oh, good. So, funny enough, we were actually uh, contemplating that and trying to do a show. Um, it didn't really, I haven't heard a word back yet, but we'll see about that one. Uh, Janelle says, uh, smiley face with hard eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife says, uh, two hearts. Uh, Jennifer Steen says, Caitlin and I say hi from Texas. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Caitlin. So, fu real funny story about that. Um, there's a little girl that I met in Amarillo, Texas by the name of Caitlin. And I went to, I've, you know, the band did a lot of shows. And Caitlin met Ben and the band and, like, broke down in tears uh, in Amarillo. I don't know what it is about this little girl. But I, I, you know, came over and grabbed her afterwards and I said, hey. And I'm like, do you want to come behind the light board for the show? Because I was running lights for the band at that time, too. And um, I thought she was going to go crazy at that point. So I took her and her family. And I put them on the side of the stage that night. And Caitlin came behind the board with me. And she hung out with me. And then, like, we got to be, like, really, really um, 
she was like my little buddy when I was out on the road. So I'd actually see her in like Oklahoma City and Houston, and I'd always drag her backstage and go meet the band. And um, the one thing that I always remember about Caitlin is that Caitlin was like, she's the little girl that we all want to be the mentor for. Um, or like when I was a little boy, would I? What would I have done if I was in that position where? I went out and saw one of my favorite bands ever, and what would I do to have my dreams come true and be a part of what I thought was a much bigger picture that I could never be a part of? And I think that's the one thing that as adults, that if some people are put in those positions of higher power that they sometimes take for granted that we should always do, is make sure you're always looking for that one person that you could be a good mentor for or that you can give back to, or that you can, you could do something to change somebody's, not just day, but they'll remember that for the rest of their life because that's a stepping stone. And that stepping stone leads to a hierarchy later on in their adult life. So it, it almost like, it kind of makes you always want to be that better person at the end of the day because it, it you know, when I looked at Caitlin, I kind of like, it's, it's I, I'm sorry if this sounds like a Freud or a philosophical thing, but like I looked at her and I kind of saw myself as a kid. And I, I thought that like getting that little girl to smile whenever I got the chance to see her should always be a top priority for me at the shows. Uh, not just the fact of also like, you know, you make sure your band was happy, you make sure your crew was happy, you know, and as a TM, sometimes you have your mistakes and sometimes you have your great days also. And so, sometimes everything goes perfect and some days all, every day goes to shit. You, you just never know what can happen. But if you have that aspect in life and, and you're blessed with it, um, it be it a, you're a TM or you're just a businessman or you're you're a, somebody that's a teacher for kids, like that that should be such a big focus is is being a, a role model. You know, trust me, I've had my days in my 20s when I was not a role model whatsoever. You I both. I like, like <laughs> but it's true though. And, and many people when they get into their 20s are going to have those times where they're not a role model whatsoever. You know, like it, I knew what kind of a lifestyle I lived in my 20s and I look back at that and I go, you know what, I did some really crazy shit and I'm still alive and I don't know how that's possible. And I'm considering myself blessed and fortunate that now I'm in the positions that I am and, and that I was fortunate enough that, to be surrounded by the people that believed in putting me into a position where they thought that I would do better for my community, be it business, be it music, be it uh, being on a talk show like this, you know, or a blog. Like, uh, Life is, you know, all about experiences and you should harness and take whatever ones you can at the end of the day because life is far too short. You got one shot at this. I think we uh, mentioned that kind of thought process maybe about a month ago or so. Just like if you get in a, in a, a, an option or, or an opportunity to, to do something, like do it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's great sacrifice with great opportunity. Um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, if you, it, it all depends on what kind of mentality you want to have at the end of the day. You know, I've sacrificed a lot throughout 36 years. Some things I wish I didn't sacrifice, some things I'm, you know, happy I did. Uh, but I, you also have to look at it like, you know, it's like the Robert Frost poem, you know, which road yes. in the woods are you going to take at the end of the day? And each path leads to another path and it leads to another path. It's kind of like the matrix with choice. Yeah, and you never know. Well, you never, and, and, and I don't know. It just it's it's life's life's too short. My mentality is kind of similar to that thinking. Is what I've learned is the more things you do, the more things you will do. I listen. The more things change, the more they stay the same. 
both ways too. Yeah. You've changed a lot. You're still very much the same. <laughs> How have I changed? Um, progress. <laughs> progress. Well, I mean, let's 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 dig real quick. No, let's <laughs> let's let's get into this. I, I don't think you. Why do you want to lay down on the couch like as if like? You're... Who's the Jaeger shots? Yeah. Perfect. The more things change, the more they stay the same, John. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Adam uh, Cohen says, ask John how he can keep perfect hair from an early morning load, loading until way after the trucks are loaded. <laughs> there must be a secret that we aren't aware of. Um, Orby, uh, if, if you're wondering what that secret is, it's because it was for the love that I had for all of you that kept my head glued together at the end of the day. So in case nobody knows who Adam Cohen is, um, Adam is actually an incredible lighting designer um, Adam has worked with Hollywood Undead. He's worked with Sum 41. He's worked with In This Moment. He's now the current lighting designer for Breaking Benjamin. Um, he actually works for a company down in Philadelphia, too, called Synergetic. And uh, I don't think you'd ever meet a nicer individual on the face of the earth. He's just got a great mentality and uh, awesome knowledge as far as getting behind a console. And he's just uh, a happy individual unless you keep him on a bus for three days straight, coming in and out of Russia. Mm -hmm. Then I'm sure he gets a little bit upset. Um, what about him? How have I changed? You you have changed. <laughs> um, I like it. Let's, let's, let's drink this first, Cheers and then, we'll you. then I'll tell you how I, how I for, changed. Uh, thanks for doing this. And... Mm. Oh. Jaeger. That has not changed. That's not oh, changed. That's terrible. So, how, does this, how is this good back in the day? When it hits your lips. Oh, it's <laughs> amazing how you get older and your tastes change. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, this is terrible. I used to love you here. Oh, I know you did. I, th I think most people. Um, I don't think you've changed really much at all. I think you've just gotten more wisdom. Grown up. Mm -hmm. The first time I met you, Johnny, I was eighteen. I think when you were with the Weekender. John. And I was trying to think like back now that I know you. What? Johnny Weekender. Yeah, yeah, now that I know you so much better now. What do you yeah, think? I'm pretty sure you looked exactly the same. What do you think is my fondest now. memory of you? Oh, Jesus. It's not your birthday. No. <laughs> All right, you can do that to me, and then I'm going to do it to you. And I was trying to dig up the picture of you to, to show tonight, but please I, don't. I didn't. I didn't. Please don't. Uh, fondest memory of me. I, don't, I have no idea. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of so there's a lot of history. There's this acoustic show I played the one time, in a bar called Gilligan's. You remember that? It was I, right in Edwardsville. My brother's grad party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is my fondest memory of you. That was like, hey, I forgot about that until you brought it up. How was that? A, a gig that you got paid for. Just to perform at a, at a grad program. How is that your fondest memory of me? Because it showed a real sense of who you are at the end of the day. When you're with your mom, your brother, not outside in the bars. You know, like, trust me, I, you've seen me at my finest in the bars. And I've seen you at your finest as well. Yeah. Um, but it was just an aspect of getting to know the real side of you. You know, and I think that's like, uh, you know, a lot of people when they first meet each other in the scene, you know, like Joe Caviston, Kenny, and all of them. I've met them in the bars and drinking, you know, and everybody that I went way back with in corkscrews, 
when I used to play there. Corkscrews was a bar where absolute pandemonium and chaos ensued. I'm pretty sure I had a date rape drink given to me there. I'm, I'm pretty sure all of By us accident. Did. Yeah. By accident. Like. It's always refreshing to pee, to see pee. <laughs> it's always refreshing to pee. <laughs> Absolutely it is. Yes, pee. it is. I actually have to pee. But it's always refreshing to see people in their environment with their family and who they are. And then you understand them and have a sense of them. That's like one of the most refreshing things, I think. Especially to know people in this certain scene that's... Not almost separate, but it is. In I a way. well, that's why I feel like I got to know John as much as I did because I saw him outside of that scene and in that scene. You know, I've seen John in a business scene, his family scene, the bar scene. You know, all of those aspects. And I think that's when it comes down to like you really know a person at the end of the day is when you yeah. when you truly know who they are. And you know, even you know, I had the privilege of being a part of your wedding and everything too. And I've told you countless times, if you ever needed anything or whatever, I'd always do whatever you needed for you and Amanda. And, you know, and one thing I'll, I'll say is that, you know, it, it's again where those paths of where they cross and they lead to and everything, you know, John and I could have just known each other from one aspect, but we've known each other from many. And that's, that's again, where all um, true friendship and camaraderie really comes across at the end of the day. Yeah. You're vibrating. <laughs> It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, sports updates. Nice. Yeah. The Red Sox are playing. Fuck you, Freddy. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny to say that, though, because, like, the same goes for me. I, obviously, we, we know each other from the same... Uh, even tonight, like, I don't think we've ever sat down and had a conversation at this length. Or uh, level. Or level, ever. And... You're obviously a smart dude. You're you're educated. You're you're fucking know your history. You know, and it's it's, it's cool to see that side of you. And you're not a you know this dumb musician. Dipshit. Yeah, you're not, <laughs> it's cool. That's well, why doing this is like really has been really cool for me. And going back to opportunities, like this could lead to nothing for me. This but, could, but it doesn't because at the end of the day, it leads to this. And like, I knew who Brittany was before we started doing this, but now she's a friend of mine, and. That's cool. And Gerard and all that, that, that kind of stuff. Like, What's up, Gerard? It's nice to see you back there. You know, so, I mean, it, you know, I took this opportunity and I was kind of scared. And even at the radio show on Saturday nights, like, that's not a plug for me. It's just when the guy asked me to do that, I was like, are you fucking serious? I can't talk to begin with. Like, it's I, hard I, to put yourself I, I mash there. my words together. Like, do you, are you seriously serious, you know? But maybe doing this might have helped know, you cool. have some... Maybe you're more comfortable now. You might not have said yes to that radio show yeah. at that, you know? But again, going back to opportunity, I think you just want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. Yeah. Worst I can do is screw it up. I think you're doing all right. Yeah. You haven't screwed it up yet. I always screw it up. No. Just remember, you're only leading yourself into success. <laughs> I'm going. It's that thinking. <laughs> Positive reinforcement. All right, dude. Any dudes. questions you have for this guy? Like, I'm good. Well, we do have to give I away. I have a million, some... but I will be here all night. We got some new join joinies. Sean Coe. Mark Yanish. Matt Steiger says, what's up? Oh. Guido. Half of Grace's downfall. What's up, Guido? <laughs> but uh, we have tickets to give away to... Oh, that's right. Uh, I'll show you in two seconds. Yeah. You find that we have me, a winner. I will tell you the name. Um, 
Yeah, but what's he the winner of? He won tickets to. I know it. I know it's, it's Gerard's thing, but like. Gerard, give us the proper name. Powerball. Uh, X Pac. Live Pro Wrestling and Old Forge with uh, featuring X-Pac. Who's X-Pac? And the winner is... Do the drum roll. Patrick Martinelli. I hope that's the right one. It is. <laughs> <laughs> if way, it's to wrong, not, it, way to not screw it up. You know, if it's wrong, it's you've not succeeded. We're like blacked out at this point. <laughs> shots! <laughs> Four shots. Oh gosh, Patrick Martinelli, you won tickets. Rich will be. Rich will contact you uh, for your your stuff, your ticks. So. Your ticks. Ticks. <laughs> your dicks, ticks. Oh god. We better wrap it up before it gets weird. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm gonna finish it before I go. Don't worry. We gotta finish that bottle too. It's 2006. We're in a bar. We're pissing on walls. We're gonna drink this whole thing. You want to tell everybody about that story? <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> Listen, I'll show pictures of you with an umbrella. It's been had been a nice night, everybody. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Guido, umbrella. Second time I snorted. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. But uh, seriously, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you guys are getting married or have an event, contact this guy and his team at uh, MCR Productions in his thousand rooms. Like the room at 900. Just look at the pictures. The, they speak a thousand words. Is Scranton, right? That's yeah, Mayfield. Mayfield. That's called the... The atrium. Atrium. The atrium at the... You don't stop, do you? Here's a real quick before, before we leave. How, when do you sleep? I think at about five, six hours a night. Which is actually the perfect amount. Which is, it's, I just don't know when. Like how and when. About 11. Child, uh, one on the way. Okay, so hold on. Girl. Uh, before we wrap it up quick, I'll, I'll give it like a minute dissertation. Um, I'm very fortunate enough to be surrounded by a good family. Uh, Janelle does an outstanding job of taking care of our child when I'm not around, too. Um, she's a wonderful mom. You know, she puts in more hours than I do. Uh, just because I'm always constantly working and doing things and you know she even has a job too on top of it you know god bless her she's you know she's top notch um, but I'm, I'm fortunate enough that she believes in everything that I do um, and I really appreciate the fact that she does that every day and the one thing is is that like while I'm here I'm gonna I'm going to keep creating mm -hmm. you know I only have so much time at the end of the day uh, be it jobs be it ideas, be it design, be it children. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it, I only have so much it's time to give, and I don't want to, and I don't want to waste it. You know, yeah. that's just that's just it. At the end of the day, I want to do something uh, great, whether it's on a small scale or whether it's on a big scale. And I want to be a part of the fact of people that also believe in that kind of thing, or being, or be surrounded by the people that are doing great things. At the end of the day, too. Or even by the people that are down and down on their luck and need uh, that extra push to get them to where they need to be. You know, that's that's the kind of people I like to surround myself with. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you again for uh, thank you sitting down with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you to uh, the Cole Creative, Beer Boys, the Keys, FM Kirby Center, Little Tea Barber Shop. Hope you guys have a good night. Everyone that supports everything we do, thank you yeah, so much. Thank you very much.